What's up, college baseball fans? We got a good little midweek episode for you here today where we're going to talk about this Golden Fungo Award that we are giving away to the top volunteer assistant. That thing kind of blew up on Twitter this week, and uh, some teams and players really liked it, and so did the fans, so that's good. Uh, we're also going to talk about the Mid-Major Player of the Year, Kyle Lewis Award that we're going to be giving away at the end of the year. We created a watch list for both of those for the top 30 in each category, so we're going to break down some of those. And we're also just going to talk about some midweek action that we got this week. A um, couple teams that you know continue to stay hot, like Louisiana Tech, and um, we got to see teams like Liberty get their third ACC win. So we're going to get into all of that. So, Dimitri, what's up? How howdy, are you? Howdy, howdy. <laughs> you all situated? <laughs> what? I said, where do you want to start the show with today? What kind of topic? We got. Let's just uh, go ahead. Let's just dive into the Volunteer Assistant Award, the Golden Fungo. And how that kind of took off on Twitter, which we knew it kind yep. of would. Yep, yep, let's do it. Yeah, so it looks like right now we got a couple front runners just based off a of social media reaction. The one name that surprised me that I honestly didn't realize at the time, but Alan Lucky from South Alabama has been there for 15 years. 15 years ago, I was 10 years old playing travel ball, probably playing at recess as well in like fourth grade. And he's been there ever since. So um, he's probably one of the front runners right now. Uh, there was a couple other guys that made a big splash, like Ben Brewer from Southern Illinois. Um, obviously, my volunteer assistant while I was at Mercer, Coach Humphreys from Mercer. Uh, he was a big one on social media. So I don't know, man. I think it's going to be a good way to uh, – it's going to be a good – I don't even know how to say that. It's going to be a very competitive ending because we're going to have to cut it down to 10 names and then probably four for finalists. So we're going to do that in the middle of April, maybe the end of April sometime. And we still don't know how we're going to decide a winner because we're going to have to do some research. We're going to try to get each team to submit a video, like a little hype video or get to know this coach. Just kind of appreciate the guys who, ne who always go underappreciated. So um, who, who are some names on the list that are kind of sticking out to you, Dimitri? Yeah, so I was going to add before you before we get into that, um, just so the uh, listeners know, um, the list was a combination of, we tweeted back in, I don't know, Ben, you tweeted it like a month ago or something, kind of give your nomination for the Golden Fungo. A um, bunch of people kind of gave us names, but we also kind of talked to other coaches, um, DM'd with um, some players, coaches, and tried to be as fair as possible. And you heard that tweeting noise. Um, my phone is going off. I forgot to silence it. But just so you guys know, I'm, like, I'm kind of popular. Um, not really, but... <laughs> Um, yeah, so we kind of built that list trying to be as fair as possible. And it, it hurts. It hurts when you see guys say like, nominate this guy. You're like, yeah, like you're like, damn, I'm sure he's a great dude. Um, but it's, it's, you're never going to make everyone happy when you do a list and a ranking or a award. You're never going to make everyone happy. So it's kind of hard because I know how it feels when you feel like you deserve something or at least some sort of recognition. And you're yeah. not quite getting you're not quite getting maybe the recognition that you deserve or you feel like you deserve well yeah at the end of the day i mean there's over 200 volunteer assistants out there and i thought uh like dimitri especially yourself like did a ton of research uh looking through teams looking through nominations and even finding guys and talking to coaches that knew other volunteer assistant coaches and it was tough coming down to a list of 30 but we really felt like we got it right for the most part like we got the big names we've got the guys that have been there for three, four, five, six years grinding away, um, guys who never had it easy. And so that was what it's all about, is finding the guys that are underappreciated, 
but do work every single day. Talk to some players, talk to some coaches. And we came up with a list of 30. So and I was going to just cut you off real quick. And we added some guys in there that, you know, have just signed this, their first year or this is their first month or second month, whatever you not sure exactly the timeline, but there's some of those guys were either, you know, players that, you know, they weren't starters, they weren't frontline guys on their team, and they were already in that because they're players, for those of you guys don't know, if you're like a senior and you're not really a stud player, you're not a star player, you're not a starter, whatever you want to call it, you're already, if you have an interest in coaching, you're already starting. Yeah. If you your coaching staff knows and you guys talk about it because they say, hey, you know, you're not gonna get a whole lot of playing time this year. And the player probably already understands that, already knows that it's cool with it. Yeah, the coaches are like, hey, man, if you want to contribute this year, because I kind of got that speech my senior year. Like, hey, yeah. if you want to contribute this year, throw batting practice in, in the off time. Like, hit some fungos. Like, if anybody wants them, like, this is your time to, like, contribute. And then, obviously, you get your chances during the games. Um, but you're not going to get as many chances as you probably like. So, I mean, I've been there before. Like, I wanted to be a coach after after college. So, and I did. I coached a little bit in summer ball right after I graduated. And yeah. So, so what, wait, Ben, Ben, let me ask you why um, you wanted to coach after college. Yeah, I did. I really did. What, what, um, like, why didn't you chase that? Like, I didn't, I'm just curious. Oh, I'll, I'll tell you exactly why. I'm glad you asked. Because I, uh, I absolutely hated it. <laughs> I was not good at it. Um, I, I definitely liked the, the idea of being a coach, but the day in and day out grind of, um, you know, being in charge and doing just the little things. Because uh, I was a head coach for a collegiate summer league team in Houston for a full summer. And I mean, it just turned out to be kind of like sloppy. Uh, I was more intrigued with the idea of being a coach rather than actually putting in the work. So that's why I tip my cap to these volunteer assistants who aren't getting paid for this. Like they're doing this because of like the love of the game and they're chasing their dreams. I never had it. I, I wish I did because I love this game more than anything, but it kind of made me not like the game as being a coach. Do you, do you ever feel like you wanted to be friends with the players more than their a thousand percent than like their I was, leader or their their mm -hmm. whatever you want to, to call it i wanted to blend in more than i wanted to you know stand out and be a leader you didn't want to make anyone mad or burn, make or right. like not have a friend you wanted exactly. to be more and because i was the same age a little bit older than most of those kids but not by much uh, and i do have a theory that like one day i'm going to lead like the the biggest dynasty in, in like youth baseball history because i think like the perfect age group for me is like between 10 and 14, like those kids, like I, I really know how to, you know, push them and make them better players. But when they're 22 and have a better beard than I do, or, you know, they're bigger, stronger, like, <laughs> like, dude, I just, I didn't, I you, looked you more have, like a player than some of my players did. You have a hard time yelling at them or telling him, yo, yeah. get your shit together or exactly. something like that. I was the fun parent and they definitely took advantage of it. So <laughs> no, dude, I can totally the, with your personality. I mean, yeah. this is like not a knock. It's just, everybody is built different, Yeah. but I can totally see you like having a hard time telling, getting up a kid's ass and telling him, yo, like this, this, and this, you would right. be more like, and it was summer ball to begin with. So like kids don't, I mean, college guys don't listen in summer ball unless they're playing in like the Cape or like the CPL or, or, or Northwoods. Or if you have a huge tr track record resume, like big leaguer or coaching yeah. at some big school <laughs> or some sort of success that they know about. Yeah. And there, and there wasn't much to show for. So uh, I gave up my I gave up my dream of uh, coaching college baseball very early. And uh, I wasn't a quitter. I finished the whole season, even though every day I woke up and was like, I'm not very good at this. Uh, maybe someone will be better. But let me ask you this. 
So I was coaching, when I was rehabbing Tommy John, I was coaching an 11-year-old team, and I was handed a, I'm, I'm, I'm not exaggerating when I say this, Ben, I was handed a team of misfits. It, it, almost like if there was a prison or a like jail. The Bad News Bears. There was a jail for 10-year-old. I got all the inmates. <laughs> and they, and if, okay, if they were talented, <laughs> like if, if one through 11, they were talented, I could put up with it. But I had about three guys that were studs that could swing it and pitch and throw field and everything. I had, I literally, and I, I'm, I'm much more different than you in this, in this department. I'm more of like the, I will, I will, I'll, I'll let you know when you piss me off. Like if yeah. you piss me off. I, and so these kids, they just, they just, I wasn't having it. It was a practice on a Tuesday night. I remember we, we were hitting in the cages before we went out on the field and there was, I was like, um, balled up, you know, last round balled up, not one effing kid moved, not one ball was picked up all their bags and they were all straddling their way out to the field. I walked out of the cage with Ben and I was like, get your asses back in here now. <laughs> and, the par- and the dads were like, like literally yelling at their son, get your ass back in the cage. And I was like, Hey guys, I don't want to yell at you. I'm, I'm not here to yell. <laughs> you pulled the whole like, uh, what is it? Good cop, bad cop. You, you were, <laughs> I'm not mad. Like, I'm just disappointed. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, who do you, I was like, who do you think you are? Like pick the damn balls up. And they picked him up. We went out to practice. We do, we did like a thing with like IO, right? Like yeah. I just hit a bunch of balls everywhere. Super rapid pace. Um, like almost like a double fungo kind of thing. And I swear to God, the first 10 balls hit, not one ball was fielded cleanly. And I was like, you know what? I just dropped my stuff. I said, you guys just, just do whatever you want. If you want to run, if you think you deserve, you need, you deserve to run, run. If you think you don't, you shouldn't run, you shouldn't run. One just put him on the ran. spot. Yeah. One kid ran, and he was my best player. Yeah. So I said, I brought all the kids. I said, hey guys, come take a seat with me while the one kid was running. I was like, who do you guys think the best player on the team is? I said, I'm not, uh, we're not here to be a win every game, but we're here to get better as baseball players. I was like, who do you think the best player on the team is? And they were like, that kid. And I said, who was running? And they were like, that kid. I said, so maybe you guys should get an idea of what's going on here. They all got up, started running. And dude, we, we lost like our first tournament, like by 30 runs, like every game, awful. By the end of the year, we won a Georgia State tournament. And it Let's was probably go. the coolest feeling I've ever had not even as a coach, just as a person. Yeah. I have, I have two stories to not, not two stories, but two comparisons for that story. One, the, uh, the way you described like some of your players being terrible and like the one best player is just running. You're like, who's the best player. That's how I feel about like college baseball streaming. Like you got ESPN plus running back and forth after, you know, the best player on the team, everybody knows he's the best player. And then you got like the PAC 12 network and some of those like conference USA networks and stuff like that sitting back and you're like, Hey, who's got the best streaming service? And they're like, uh, that one. Yeah. Why do you think it has the best streaming service? Well, he's the best player. He's, he puts in the most work. You're like, yeah, go be like that guy. And then also, I'm pretty sure you just took the exact script from Bad News Bears, um, how you guys lost the first tournament by 30 runs and you come back and win the whole thing. Um, so it was, that- it, was, it was so cool because the smile on the kids was just priceless man they were so excited that they actually felt like they belong on the baseball field 
like some of these, like one of these kids was so bad when I first got him. He's, he is currently like the number 10 sophomore in high school baseball in the state of Georgia. Really? This was, so, so he's this, a stud now. This was, so yeah, 11. This was 2015, 2016. Yeah, he's a freshman or sophomore, sophomore now. He's like the number 10 player, number eight player in the state. And he was horrible, dude. And I mean, his parents know it. My, him and his, my, or his dad and I talked all the time. I was just like, he was like, he loved this game. He understands, he's like, he understood the game. He just wasn't good. Yeah. And he grew and he became a solid player. But tying this all back into the whole volunteer thing. Being a volunteer coach is not your Ritz Carlton. You're not going to get in there and get your room service and everything. But if you stay at the hotel, Motel 5 for five years, and then all of a sudden you're in the Ritz Carlton, you appreciate the Ritz Carlton so much more. And I think that's what these guys are chasing. They're chasing the yeah. dream, just like a big leaguer. No, for sure. And like they all, they all know their place now is like, I mean, it's like working your way up in any company. Like you don't become the CEO overnight, but like you have to put in gears of work and, and hours that nobody wants to put in to get to that position. But and you're going to piss people off on your way. Players might not like you. A coach might not like you. But at the end of the day, if you are progressing your career and whatever it is, if you're progressing, you're 1% better every day. Who cares who you're pissing off? Because at the end of the day, they don't give a shit about you. you. You're the only person that gives a shit about yourself. Right. I mean, that's the only person that's going to look that, look after yourself is yourself. So uh, definitely understand that. Also, Dimitri, going back to your whole uh, leading to a state championship for 10-year-olds, um, I hope Mississippi Valley State's AD isn't listening to this because he might say, oh, this kid just took a you know team full of misfits who lose every game by 30 and he turned them into a champion. So uh, you might get an interview from Mississippi Valley State, who is clearly the worst team in college baseball right now. Dude, I thought I wanted to I, – I still, to this day, contemplate it if I wanted to be a college coach. And I do, but at the same time, I'm not sure that I want to make peanut butter – I don't want to live on peanut butter and jellies in a house with – three other volunteers from the same university you know what i mean yeah i just don't I, and if and even if i had because i'm 28 we're what 28 26 you're 26 25 25 yeah i look 26 like, though it's, it's, it's probably time to get married soon and think about some of these volunteers if they're not married yet you've got to get in the game right after college Listen, dude they're married to the game they're married to the game of baseball that's what it facts, is facts <laughs> they don't need they don't need any girls telling them what to do they I just think uh, volunteer I think volunteer assistant is something you have to start right out of the gate to be on a, on a comfortable, more friendly path. Cause if you're 26, as you're getting out of pro ball at 25, 26, you're retiring. And then you want to get into coaching. You probably already have a girlfriend or you probably already have a house or something. It, it's just so much more pressure to, to survive every day. And I don't want to eat peanut butter and jellies. I don't want to eat, drink some, garbage ass filter coffee and it's not a lifestyle for everybody that's and, for and, sure. and do the same laundry every three days and it's the same it's the clothes that the school gave me yeah meanwhile you have like the ncaa who like literally won't help you out at all you know you're, you're battling against the ncaa already first plus you have violations like you can't go recruiting you can't go out and uh you know find the players that you're going to be coaching dude it's all just a mess i mean it's definitely like you remember that job or that show dirty jobs, like becoming a volunteer assistant it should be on the show dirty jobs with, I forget the guy who hosts it, but I mean, 
there's not a lot of people that can do it. So we definitely tip our cap to those who, who do it year in and, and year out. Yeah, to finish off this whole segment about the volunteer. The, the reason why I think the day that you mentioned the idea of a golden fungo, I loved it because some of these guys, you want them to feel important. You want them to feel remembered. And in this day and age of, you know, victimhood and me, 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 and attention, 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 all that stuff. I feel like baseball, football and basketball are a little bit different in this. Baseball is nobody gives a shit about you. Super individual. And it's a team game, but it's so individual in terms of coaching and playing and stuff. Some of these guys put bust their ass and just don't get the recognition that they deserve because it's part of life. Part of being a human is getting, it's feeling rewarded for your hard work. And it's not fair sometimes, but sometimes if you can give someone that reward that deserves it, you feel good about yourself. You feel good for them because you know how it feels. Yeah. I mean, I guarantee you whenever some of these, uh, cause all these volunteer assistants follow us on Twitter and, you know, they keep up with our stuff and, and all that, but yeah, I'm guarantee you whenever they saw their name on the list, like they saw that we posted it, they clicked it and they were kind of nervous. Like, am I on it? Am I on it? Like, Oh, let's go. <laughs> and they probably woke up the next day and busted and they had a new revived. I'm not, I'm not trying to sit here and say we're the most important college baseball thing, but they probably said, somebody notices me. Someone yeah. thinks I'm worthy of, or I'm good at what I do. And they probably got a newborn energy, new battery of life. Yeah. Yeah. Like a recharge and like to get after it. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I'm pumped for that. And I'm also pumped for the other award we're giving away. Uh, one of the, we have a few more that we're giving away, but for the Kyle Lewis mid-major player of the year, like I was texting with Kyle last night and um, obviously we were, we were actually texting about uh, one of our former teammates um, who passed away. Um, but we also mentioned a little bit about the, um, the mid-major player of the year that he's all for. Like he wants to give this award out and he wants to make sure that like these mid-major players are getting recognition as well. Because I mean, Demetri, we were both mid-major D1 players and it was like very rare whenever we felt like we got any kind of recognition. And so like, again, we posted the, the, the semifinalists or whatever you want to call them, the watch list, the top 30 mid-major players right now. And dude, we got so many like interactions with guys saying like, like, let's go, like I'm rooting this guy on or like just teammates of those players and even coaches and um, like team accounts that were like, you know, our dude's the best, like go ahead and ship the award over to him. He deserves it. And like, that's the kind of stuff that I love because I mean, no offense to ACC, SEC, Big 12, Pac-12, Big 10 guys, even American they Conference. They, they get plenty of recognition. Like they get Kendall Rogers and Aaron Fit writing reports on them every weekend um and about what they ate for breakfast I'm well, well yeah i'm maybe not that far but like guys that you know that are studs like jt weber from southern illinois and guys like um brock mortensen from uc santa barbara um cody rose jorgensen from bakersfield yeah jorgensen from bakersfield like those guys were so pumped just to see their name on a list of recognition and and come in for an award that's like i think this award is here to stay like it's gonna I guarantee you like other college baseball outlets like Baseball America, D1 Baseball, those guys are probably going to adopt a mid-major player of the year at some point just because like they see it's a good idea. Like they're favoriting our tweets. They're I like, will, hey. I, I will say, Ben, when the guys see their name on this list, I'm not going to sit here and say every single one of them like, whoa, 11.7. I'm on their list because it's obviously not the same as seeing your name on Golden Fight. Because when you see on your name on D1 Baseball, you're like, yo, that's legit. Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to sit here and say we are the legit, but I mean, dude, 
if if I mean we're not just sitting here making a bogus thing like it's there's credibility to what we're doing and if we think you're a good ball player at least in, for me I will tell you if you're a shitty ball player or if you're if you've got work to do <laughs> like I'm not afraid to say it you know yeah so like I'm not I'm not trying to gaslight or whatever but like hey we're here to give you the recognition that you deserve for sure and and the thing is when it comes to like being a mid-major stud, it comes down to like, there's like five important games all year. Like obviously the three against your biggest rival. And then you probably have two midweek games that are on like SEC network or ACC network, Longhorn network, whatever not it is. Not because of you, because of the team you're playing. Yeah, it's because, exactly. That's my point was it's not because like you're a stud, like Colton Kowser from um, Sam Houston State is a stud, like guaranteed first round pick this year. Um, but like those games aren't being shown because you're the next Bryce Harper or you're the next Steven Strasburg coming from mid-majors or like small level colleges. Like it's because the team you're playing. So to get like recognition at a position, like at a point in your life where like, you know, you're good. I guarantee you all 30 of these kids um, are the best player on their team just because we were doing research and like, they're finally like, Hey, you know, I'm getting some national recognition, whether, whether they, whether they consider 11.7 national recognition or not. I mean, we still have like almost 10,000 Twitter followers who are all college baseball fans. It's not just casual fans. Like these are guys that follow college baseball. So whatever they want to take from it. But I, I know for a fact that most of those guys were pumped. Um, I had a couple of them DM me personally that were like, like, oh man, dude, thanks for this. Like, I didn't realize I was up for this award. Like, have you guys been doing this a long time? Like, no, nah, man, sorry. The first year, but this is not going to be the last year for it. So I think both of those awards are going to pick up a lot of steam. Again, we have the sixth, uh, sixth slash seventh year player of the award uh, that we're going to give out. We haven't, I think we have a list, but I don't think it's complete yet of all the sixth and seventh year players who uh, spent all six or seven years at the same school. Uh, and then we have, what's the other one? Oh, the best bat flip of the year. That one's going to be a fun one. We're going to have some video submissions and stuff. Uh, but between like the fun awards and then like the serious awards, like we're going to take the volunteer assistant, Golden Fungo, and then the Kyle Lewis mid-major player of the year, like very seriously moving forward. So I'm pumped to like narrow down the list, get some, um, get some, what's it called? Whenever you get, it's not like citing sources. Inside scoop. Yeah. Scoop. Like getting some inside scoop from some coaches and players from around the country on like what their opinions are all anonymous, but um, it's going to yeah, be, yeah, it's, I mean, it's going to be something are, that's going to be big for us moving forward. For the people that don't know. Yes. We are giving a legit, legit gold painted fungo that be, winning coach will be able to hold hang in his little house somewhere on his college campus and it's going to be probably the most expensive thing in his house besides the tv <laughs> or his playstation yeah and then for the mid-major you will the winning player will get to have a zoom call or depending on you know the logistics but they will be able to talk with kyle with us and you know get to talk to him he'll talk to you kind of we're going to get them like an actual trophy as well, like a plaque trophy. We haven't decided on what it's going to be yet, but it's going to be, it's going to look cool. We're not going to just throw it together. Uh, we just have to work on like how to, I guess, how to make a trophy or order a trophy or design well, a trophy. Gonna, I mean, it's going to be the, um, it's going to be the sil silhouette of Kyle that we have on the graphic, like the blackout graphic. And it's probably gonna be on like a little stand similar to the golden spikes kind yeah. of idea. Right. And so we're definitely going to have all that like logistics worked out, but that's just the beginning of it. We're definitely going to narrow the list down to 10 and then four 
um, sometime in April and then May, and then announce the winner probably in the first week of June. That's our plan for now. But anyways, let's go ahead and just recap some of the midweek action, Dimitri. Uh, I want to start with Liberty. Liberty Flames are hot right now. They just got their third win against an ACC opponent. They're 3-0 and this year after beating um, – who did they beat today? Uh, Virginia. Virginia, yeah. I almost said North Carolina, but that's not right. Um, so they have more ACC wins than uh, NC State and Wake Forest right now. So And they're tied, dude. You want to hear something even – They're like tied different. with like Clemson and – and uh, Duke, Duke, Georgia, and, no, not Georgia Tech, uh, Clemson, Duke. I'll tell you right now. Um, and they, dude, the funny thing is, they still have seven ACC games left this year. They play a midweek against the ACC opponent every right. every week. Boston College, Clemson, they're tied with three wins, and Virginia, they're tied with three wins, and they have more wins than Wake and NC State. All of those teams have played either nine or twelve games. And Liberty is 3-0 and against the ACC. They've won 12 straight. 12 straight. I mean, they're a legitimate two-seed coming into a regional right now. Like, no doubt about it. Them and I think Louisiana Tech is a solid two-seed, potentially one-seed. Um, and Louisiana think, Tech won Liberty, again this week. I think Liberty, if, if just to counter your point, I think Liberty right now is a three-seed just because they haven't beaten a top, 20, top 10 team. I mean, North Carolina – the top 20 team they beat them twice already they've smacked them virginia is down bad right now they're playing awful they can't buy a win right now i mean they got a win last weekend but they're they're not playing well so if if liberty goes let's say eight and two against acc opponents this year because they still have seven games left so they're gonna play a total of 10 i mean what what are we looking at is that a two seed is that a three seed or if liberty if uh, hold on if liberty goes eight and two against the acc that's it that's that's insane, and that's a lot. That's it's okay. Let's as long as they take care of their business in their conference. Um, I mean, they play in a terrible conference. A they I play mean, in a terrible conference. The ASUN. They played Bellarmine, Kennesaw, Lipscomb, and North Alabama the next four weekends. Ben, one team has a winning record. Everyone else is way below five hundred. Yeah, I mean, so, Liberty's going to be a forty-win team this year. I think they, I think they can very, very easily be a forty-win team. I mean, dude, if they go eight and two against ACC teams and they win their conference, they are a, they're, they're, and they have Coastal for a three-game series, out of conference still. Yeah. So they're gonna have all the wins they need to boost their RPI and build a credible resume, a hundred percent. Yeah. So Liberty. So I put Liberty and Louisiana Tech and Southern Miss like in a category of mid-majors right now. Um, that all potentially could could be a two and, and coastal Carolina as well. Those those four teams I think could easily oh well and then five. I just forgot about Southern Illinois. So those five teams are gonna be like your two seeds pretty much locks for the tournament right now as long as things keep going the same, but you know, pushing for a two seed rather than a three seed. And that's a big deal. Um, just because you know you get to play a three seed instead of a two seed. Uh, I know that sounds so weird to say, but it makes sense if you've ever played in a regional. And you get to be the home team the first game, which is big. If you don't win the first game, you're pretty much screwed the rest of the regional. So, um, but Louisiana Tech wins another one. They beat Monroe today, like nine to seven. They look good. Their their pitching staff is so good, man. Hey, I, I, I want to look ahead real quick. How, dude? I I thought about this. I didn't say it, but if I'm Southern Miss or if I'm Louisiana Tech, I would have called D1 Baseball and said, "Hey, don't rank us this week. Wait until next week." 
we still have to go to Southern Myth. And you do not want to walk into in Hattiesburg, the ranked team. <laughs> I would rather be unranked and go to Hattiesburg, and then they can rank us after. But now that they're ranked, Southern Myth is going to be ready to go. Yes, the right field rowdies, I think they call them. Uh, so I mean, so right field roost. roost, right field roost. Yeah, those guys are going to be ready to go. Just demoralizing Louisiana Tech as players. But I mean, I Louisiana Tech's I, already played at LSU this year. Like they've played against Arkansas. Uh, they, I mean, I don't think they're going to be intimidated at all playing against Southern Miss. But that's the number one series this weekend. I'm looking forward to. Forget the SEC matchups. Forget the big Pac-12 and Big 12 and Pac-10. Whoa, whoa, whoa! Mississippi State is at home against Arkansas. No, I don't care. Give me, give me Dude, Southern Miss please, versus Louisiana. Get out of here with that. Arkansas going to Mississippi State. That that theory for me is way better than Southern Miss nope. and Louisiana Tech. Ben, you're, don't you're even care right about now. those teams. Don't even care about them. Give me Louisiana Tech and Southern right Miss. Now. This is where we find out if Mississippi State is real. Like they're good, but let's find out how real they are. I, wait, I would actually turn the page and say, is Arkansas real? Arkansas no, has been was, struggling more than Mississippi State. You didn't even let me finish. And I was going to say, <laughs> we're going to find out if Arkansas is a legitimate top three, top, or even a number one team in the country. Because I think this series is going to show so much about everybody. Because when you're looking at Vanderbilt, you think, okay, Vanderbilt's number one now. You look at Mississippi State and Arkansas and Ole Miss, you think of those four teams. Who the hell is the best team of those four? Vanderbilt right now is the clear cut. You're like, okay, who's the next closest team? And this weekend it's going to show us how good Mississippi State is. Because on the mound, they're going to pitch. Can they – can Arkansas throw strikes? Keep Mississippi State to, you know, one, two runs? I, I just think there's going to be so much, so many questions answered, and I'm taking that series over Louisiana Tech. I'm not saying Louisiana Tech Southern Miss is probably a very close second. Yeah, I, yeah, I was kind of being a little exaggerate whenever I said. No, Louisiana. you weren't. No, and, you weren't. And I the just, reason, I just, the reason why I did it was because I knew you were going to like come back and be like, "What, dude? You know, Arkansas is playing at Mississippi State." Like, I wanted to kind of see your reaction uh-uh, there. No, but... you were serious until no, I, I was. I was laughing the whole time. You, I took you to math class. From 10 to 10.50, and you walked out of the class saying, damn, I failed that test. I failed that test. No. Now I understand how to correct my mistakes, Ben. You know no. it. You- no, you're crazy. <laughs> if you think I was actually overlooking that series, I do. Uh, you're crazy. I do. I think you were overlooking it. No. Um, all right, so let me ask you this. Over under 27 and a half different MLB teams sending a scout to that Arkansas-Mississippi State series. Can MLB scouts go to games? Yeah. I didn't know if, if because of all the COVID, I didn't know if they were able to scout. I mean, if, if they, they let are, fans in the stadium, then yeah. Well, MLB has a whole different protocol than what maybe not. Maybe I'm making that up. I swear. No, I, I've, if 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 they okay, let's just say hypothetically, if they're allowed to be there, all 30 teams will be there. I mean, why not? I mean, they have guys out of each team's bullpen that are going to play like 10 plus seasons in the major leagues. Like those guys, I mean. Jackson Wiggins and you got Landon Sims and, you know, just keep going down the list of guys that I think will pitch in the major leagues. I mean, that's what the scouts are looking for. Like guys that throw 98 with a spin rate of, you know, 2,500 or more. Like I want to, I want to, I want to hear your thoughts on that. On what? Listen, a scout go to a mid-major game. Do you, they're looking at a guy, can, if you playing hard, if you running on and off the field between inning, he's a good ball player. He can hit, he can swing. We know all that. 
when they go to an SEC game, do you think they give a shit if the guy is running hard off and off the field? I think it's a yeah. two different. I think it's two different. I think when they see a mid-major player, they look they overanalyze them. And when they see an SEC frontline player, they don't look for the little thing. I think they care about him, but they don't care about him as much. I would love they, to get a scout on, like, interview a scout on the show, like, just would, to see what they what they look for. And I don't even know if that's possible. I feel like they have definitely restrictions on you know what they can and say, what they can't say. No, I feel like they can. A pro scout, I think they can talk about whatever they want, um, but obviously, I don't. They don't need to name names. Just, just, just basically talk more. Just talking more in terms of what they look for in a guy. They can talk about that all they want. I think they look for just like how easy the game comes to them. It, it, like, does the game come easy to them at this level? Because it's only going to get harder. Like the guys that, I, I mean, I'm trying to think of an example of somebody that. You know, you just kind of knew watching college baseball, like, oh, he's going to be a major leaguer one day. Like someone like Pete Alonzo, who just had the easiest power of all time in college, Chris Bryant the same way. Like they just look at him and they're, they're like, you know, this, this game's too easy for him right now. They're going to be a fast track to the big leagues. Yeah. And that's yeah. like the hitter standpoint. I think a pitching standpoint's even easier. Like they look for like mental makeup. Like how is he on the mound? Like does he get soft whenever things get tough? And then also like – What's his stuff like? Are people swinging and missing consistently off this stuff? Yeah, yeah, no, that's all. That's all. Yeah, for sure. 100%. I really think a, a scout's job is probably like very easy. I mean, it's really just the eyeball test. Like, no, hey. dude, dude. But think about this. I don't know if you know this, but big league team or GM usually try to reward their scouts every year with a new guy. Like, okay, for example, a scout in twenty twenty. He had the Miami Marlins first round pick. He scouted him, right? The next year, he might be scouting another stud player, but they're going to give another scout the first round pick because you get a percentage. Whatever the uh, guy signs for. I don't think that's true. No, this, this is a real thing. This is uh, how they keep this is how they keep their scouts hired, how they keep them wanting to work for them because they can go to another team. If I'm scouting every year, and I don't get a top five round pick because you get, that's how you make your money as a scout. You get a percentage of their signing bonus. I'm going to have to fact check you on that. I've never, I've been told this. Okay. I've never heard or read or anything like this. It's it's, it's not a clear cut this year. You're getting it next year. You're getting it. It kind of falls in line because like, you know, one guy might scout this guy, but he ends up going one, one. And then the next guy, you know, scouting another player from somewhere else and he ends up getting it they try to keep their scouts happy in terms of their players getting signed i'm, I'm telling this is a this is a real thing it's part of the okay. whole business it's the whole bit part of the whole business of scouting and stuff it's because you don't get paid you, you get paid shit as a scout you know that right yeah and so their, their money is from signing bonuses same thing like an agent an agent get their first big league deal and then they get a small percentage of their signing bonus scouts are the same way so like the guy that got the first round pick last year i promise you he will not get the first round pick for the next two years in a row okay i, I kind of see where you're going but i'm gonna have to read the car facts on that one go go ahead, go ahead. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm speaking based on what i've been told in, in years past okay they keep their scouts happy by signing some of their players over the over the years that they personally scouted, that they have their name written on it, on the scouting report. 
Okay. Yeah, I'll believe you for now. I, I'll take your word for it, but I don't know. I, anyway, I just feel like that's kind anyway, of Anyway, back in more college baseball, Ben. What, did, <laughs> what, what was on Tuesday night? There were, the, there were two. Southern really Miss and Alabama. I know exactly where you're going with it. Like the back and forth game between Southern Miss and Alabama. People were on Twitter were hot about Alabama not being ranked um, by pretty much any college baseball outlet there. You know, we're 14 and two, blah, blah, blah. We just beat Arkansas on Friday night. So we have to beat the number one team in the country, be a top 25 team, blah, blah, yeah, yeah, yeah. On yeah. Friday night. And then, you know, Southern Miss comes into Tuscaloosa and was like, hey, uh, we're pretty good too. Uh, we struggled a little bit in the beginning, but hey, we're catching fire right now. So um, it was good. It was a good game though. Back and forth, a couple of wild pitches that scored some runs. And uh, I don't know. I mean, I think Southern Miss is, Southern Miss is probably if they played Alabama ten times, they probably win five. I think they split five and five, but um, it just shows how good, like how deep the SEC is, in my opinion. Teams like Alabama, who completely get overlooked every year, you know, they're playing playing good ball. They're I still don't think team. they're ranked though. No, I don't believe that they should be ranked. They're a good team. No, dude, they, I don't think so either. When you look at their schedule, I mean, dude, they like they do the same thing every year. They, they, do. They, they did this they did this last year they were like 15 and one they i don't even remember if they got, ended up getting ranked before the season got shut down but let's just go through their like mcneese they swept them okay you're supposed to sweep them jacksonville state they beat they lost to tennessee martin shout out skyhawks oh dude remind me at the end of the show to tell you a hilarious story about my time at tennessee martin all right it all has right, to do right. with the the team's uh what's the new ranking no team left behind no team I have left a, behind. I have a hilarious story about that. All right. So they lost Tennessee Martin. They beat Rice State, who is playing well right now. They've won like 13 straight. They're, they're playing really well. Then they beat Troy. And then they lost. They won two out of three against College Charleston, who is bad. They lost, which is fine. Sweeps are not easy. Then the steps in the series, or the, even South Alabama, they had to come behind. South Alabama gifted them with an error. They got lucky and won that game. And then Stetson had him no hit through eight innings Friday night. They came back and beat him on Saturday, and then they beat him pretty good on Sunday. So of all those teams, not one of those teams is like a – that's a good win. I don't think any of them are regional teams this year. The only team that had a chance is Stetson. Yeah. Because of their conference, they can get an at-large – I mean, not not an an automatic bid, but they're not an at-large team. And Arkansas was the first team – that they played and yeah they won big friday night but you got to win one more you got to win one more that's baseball and they, and they scored two runs the next two this games. isn't football you're not you don't just have to win one game on saturday night yeah you got to win, win the two out of three in the series to make for it to count yeah for and it then to they count. lost to southern myth they had a chance to beat a quality team and they didn't do it so and you cannot sit here and be mad that alabama is not ranked their record is beautiful it's a nice pretty record but that's that's like catching a bunch of brimfish at a pond, a bunch of one, a bunch of three ounce brimfish, and you have a bag full of brimfish. You yeah, can, pretty pretty much it. all of those wins you could just throw back into the pond. Like they yeah, don't mean throw, anything. You're throwing that shit back in the pond. Give me a largemouth bass that you can put on your wall and say that's a damn good catch. That's they caught good. they caught a big bass on Friday or big catfish Friday night against Arkansas. They ate on it and then they just got smoked the next three games. But yeah, that's I mean that's. that's what it comes down to with Alabama. Now they have another test against Ole Miss. They can win two out of three this weekend. They're still not going to be top 25 because, I mean, okay. Okay, if they win two out of three. If they win two out of three at home against Ole Miss. 
They'll be on the bubble. Man, they're gonna. They 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 deserve to be in the conversation. Yeah. But you've got to put together a couple weeks of good stuff to get into the top twenty. Florida State wasn't even close to top twenty-five. They rolled out. They steamrolled two top five teams. They swept the number five team in the country. They blew out the number six team in the country. Then they won like three ACC series. And then they got in the top 25. Like yeah, That's how it's supposed to get done. And they won again tonight against UCF on a walk-off walk. The most, But they won the game. Like, What would you compare a walk-off walk to in like any other sport? Like a game-winning free throw? Or like, um... like... A walk-off walk, I consider it to be like a pick six to lose. Oh no! I think it's way less exciting than that. I think it's like oh a, oh oh in terms of excitement. I'm trying. Yeah, to I'm saying like a game-winning giving, free throw. <laughs> like um, a team gets fouled as time expires and they hit a, a free walk throw. Walk off walk. Yeah, is like or or you know what it's like. It's like you have the ball on the twenty. You're down by three, or you have the ball on the fifty and you fumble it and lose. Yeah, like or, like like you just you just gave the game away, but and everyone's pissed because you just fumbled the ball like. It's exciting, but it's at the same time, it's like, you kidding me? Like, you yeah. can't do that. So, so let I me tell that's... let me tell my UT Martin story that has to do with the uh, the no team left behind bottom ten teams in the nation. So back in 2014, um, my buddy who was my roommate went back and checked because he listened to the podcast and he said, "Hey, the the best thing you guys have going right now is your mid major rankings and then the bottom ten teams because like that's just something that nobody else does." So everybody knows about when I played at UT Martin in 2014. We went nine and 43 on the season. What well, this hold point? On, hold on, hold on. That is, you've been, you. I feel like you can get lucky and win ten games. Oh, I know, and believe me, we were we were the third worst team in college baseball. But listen, at this point, so um, through, let's see, through twenty five games, we played twenty five games to this point. At this point in the season in twenty fourteen, uh, we were three and twenty two, with a negative one hundred and seventeen run differential. Your schedule? Yeah, went through. Well, my buddy this. did. He's okay. my roommate, my teammate at the time. He listened to the podcast and he's like, dude, like we would have been number one or two on the no team left behind at this point in the season because we were three and 22 with a negative 117 run differential. And so that leads me to my next point of how about North Alabama today? Already in the no team left behind. I think they were number seven or no, number three. I don't remember what they were. They were bad. One and seventeen this season. They go to Mississippi State today, and I'm like, you know what? Okay, like I can see them putting up some runs and putting up a fight. You know, big stage for them. Probably the biggest game they're going to play all year. And they get absolutely. I mean, Mississippi State made them look like a high school team. They lost eighteen to one. Eighteen to one, and that just proves their the negative run differential like dramatically. Dude, I, I I literally put the game on for ten seconds. I saw a guy, two guys back back strike out, not even close. And I was like, oh man, oh no. Mississippi State is probably sitting here like, um, can we just get out of here real quick? I'm hungry. Yeah, like, does this game <laughs> count towards our season tickets? Like, do I have to pay for this game? Uh, I saw I saw one guy that uh, <laughs> he like commented on one of Mississippi State's Twitter posts and was like, you know, the worst part is we're winning 18 to one and it's gonna hurt our RPI. <laughs> <laughs> and that's why i hate the rpi man no, you don't get dude. rewarded for 18 to 1 beat down well, you shouldn't get rewarded for scheduling north alabama i mean how was mississippi state gonna know that north alabama would be a freaking mississippi 4a high school team like that's um, so bad like they that's don't just know part of, that's part of the business but Stupid. yeah i'm surprised dude. mississippi state didn't like fake COVID issues did not play this game and hurt their rpi 
Um, I mean, dude, it's not going to hurt their RPI, but they have enough game. But yeah, dude, North Alabama, and they're in the and dude, they're in the Atlantic Sun, which is a deep, pretty good baseball conference. They're and all right. They're, I, they're probably like the sixth or seventh best mid-major conference. Okay, okay, but when I'm the okay, the Atlantic Sun used to be legit. It used to be a two to three team bid every year because Florida Gulf Coast, Detson, and um, Jacksonville were all top thirty, top forty teams in the country yeah. back. You know, a couple of years like okay, well, damn, maybe ten years ago, and then Mercer joined, or and then. Um, Kennesaw joined, then some other teams left. And it's, it's, it's not the same conference anymore. But yeah, North Alabama has no business being in that conference. They have no business being in Division One baseball. <laughs> it's, I mean, they don't play Division I One baseball. I wouldn't say that. I wouldn't say that they yet. They don't they're, play Division One baseball. Dude, this is like their second year of being a D1 program. Give them a the time, but they just don't deserve – they should not be in the Atlantic Sun. No, they need to be in the – Anyway, anyway, Okay. So, yeah, Southern Miss with a big win leading into Louisiana Tech this weekend. Miami was pissed off. They almost, dude, they almost kind of, not almost, but they sort of kind of almost blew that game. They were up 12 nothing in the third. Final score was 14 to 9. Toral had like six RBIs for the first time this year. He had a complete game. Florida Atlantic's um, pitching staff is also just butt cheeks, man. They suck. I they mean, suck. I mean, I mean, that team we were high on early, and I don't know. It's because they put up like if, ten runs a game. They, I don't they know can swing it. I don't know if their steroid cycle ran out because allegedly. Don't don't accuse them of that. <laughs> I mean, I'm not accusing them, but like they ran out of juice. They need to get some more five hour energy in them because it's not the same team. Um, how about Rice finally getting a big win, dude? That was so awesome. Did you finally? They, did you see how they reacted? Yeah, they acted like they won the call. They they were more excited to win at Texas A&M on a Tuesday night than they were in 2003 when they won the College World Series. I mean, they basically dogpiled. <laughs> they were so happy. and It's dude, so sad, man. And it's so that sad. That is exactly what we're talking about with the whole mid-major thing. That win means so much to them. Rice should not be a mid-major, though. Like They shouldn't act like a mid-major. No, no, they shouldn't. But at this point where they are right now, I mean, dude, they, they have been so bad in the last couple of years that a win like that might be what it takes for them to say, to, you know, get going a little bit, to have some motivation, to taste success again, to taste. To Matt taste. Bright, I'll tell you exactly what that win did for Rice. That win, that win made Matt Braggart kind of close, don't save his Microsoft Word resume that he was polishing up because it kind of saved him a little more time, like under the heat. He was like, all right, maybe we can put some wins together. Uh, I didn't save my resume to, to throw out to some schools after this year because I'm probably done. You know, if Rice makes a run and they, and they win the Conference USA somehow by a miracle, he'll stay around. But, I mean, ever since Braggart got there and Wayne Graham left, they've been cursed. Rice baseball has not been the same. Dude. His seat, I don't think – I think his seat got a little bit cooler. It's not as hot, but he has to – he has to do something because you know – I mean, I if I'm going to assume something about Rice, their front office went after a hot, young, up-and-coming coach because they care about winning. They care about the baseball program. Rice is baseball. Baseball yeah. is Rice. And I don't think they're cool with losing like this. No, absolutely. They're not, not. They're not good with this. So, 
if Braga finishes seventh in the Conference USA, a quick exit out of the tournament, this could be the end of, end for him. It, it will be then. It has to be the end. But how many teams are going to take into account COVID and all that stuff? It doesn't matter. I don't care. They're playing the game. This is like normal. This is a normal, almost as normal as you can get. Yeah. Without yeah. fans. Like this is like do your do your damn job. Yeah, win, win some baseball games. I mean, you have the whole city of Houston and all the whole state of Texas, really just the whole country to recruit from. Like, just find players there like they did for the 25 years straight where they went to a regional. Like, find players that can win. It's not that hard. And I'm going to be honest with you. If I got a phone call from Rice today, I'm, I'm sitting there saying, damn, this is sick. That's yeah. Rice. Like, I don't think they've lost their their. They haven't brand, tarnished their, their reputation brand. or brand yet, but like, it's close. I like think three it's like or Miami. four, three or four more losing seasons, and like the kids that grew up, like that are in high school now, like they don't know about Rice baseball. Yeah. Like, so it's, why it's, is it important to them? Yeah, no, I agree. And it's like, there's like a like, five year stretch where, like, if you don't win, like, you just kind like your reputation's gone. It, I mean, it happened with teams like, um, like Louisiana Lafayette for a little while. Like, they were hot in college baseball back in like early 2000s, 90s all that. And then they kind of had some losing seasons and, and like, they started coming back. Yeah. They I started mean, coming back, but it took a while. Like kids in while. Louisiana would rather go to schools like Tulane or LSU. But, but or even go- Tulane was a perennial powerhouse. Yeah. College world series contender back in like 2005. Like they were, they were good. Um, but yeah. So I think, I mean, we talk about rice all the time. I don't know why we waste our time talking about rice. Cause I was a diehard rice fan growing up and it but kills dude, me today. Yeah. No. Um, and, Speaking of other game this week, um, oh, we haven't even well, talked about North Carolina and East North Carolina, Carolina and East Carolina with a really good midweek. Um, North Carolina took it to them. Um, they yeah, they won at home like they should, and they were they were dropping bombs. And East Carolina just looked uninterested to me. Like I watched probably four or five innings of that game. They just didn't have the same excitement. Like they were kind of sleepwalking, honestly, which is weird because usually that team is like. You know, they, they have the cone, like the home run cone. Like, they have a lot of excitement out of that dugout. Yeah, and I guess Carolina's, it might have been just because they never got started with any momentum. but They didn't get any momentum. North Carolina scored almost every inning, like one yeah. run, two runs, every inning. But did you see that video of uh, of North Carolina doing their dance or whatever? Yeah, their little it leg kicks. It was so disrespectful, but I, I, was, I, I love it. Yeah, I mean, you got to have fun out there. They were, like, gotta... up 7-1 to one in the sixth, and they're in their bullpen dancing and singing and, like, doing all this stuff. And I'm just sitting there like, yeah, they kicked their ass tonight. Yeah, it was good. I mean, like, I think when North Carolina – there's, like, five teams in college baseball. When they're good, it makes college baseball more interesting. North Carolina is definitely one. Texas is one. USC is one. Miami is one. And then nice. Mississippi State. I would say Mississippi State. Like when they're good. Yeah, but Mississippi State good every year. Right. But like it, it definitely helps college baseball when they are good versus when they're not. Because they just have such a I mean, I, I don't mean, know. Like I don't for know. example, like for example, we tweeted out a video today of Noah McAllen's like laser beam arm. And like within like five five minutes, it had like 40 likes and 10 retweets. Like their fan base is just unbelievable. Yeah, crazy. But yeah, but Mississippi I, I I don't remember the last time Mississippi State wasn't good. Uh in the early two thousands and like up okay, until, like, they made I'm that... talking about we're talking. It's 2021, dude. In the last 10 years, when has Mississippi State not been good? They've been good every year. Yeah. Okay. But, yeah, like yeah, but you got to think like Texas, Miami, Rice, USC. Fullerton. Fullerton's another one. Yeah. Um, but the Blue anyway, Bloods. The Blue Bloods. Yeah. Today, 
Um, UCF had a 5-4 lead in the 10th. Florida State. They got the lead in the 10th. Yeah, they scored a run, and I thought they were going to win. And while we were watching it, you're like, yeah, they're going to blow it. Florida State's going to come back. Just watch. And, of course, there was like two walks and then a walk-off walk. Just no, no dude, it was basically nobody out. They hit an infield fly behind the first baseman. It dropped. Guy took off, scored. They tied it. They intentionally walked the next guy. And then, and by the way, the guy that they walked to end the game would be ACC player of the week. Um, oh, my God, Robbie Martin. Um, he was ACC player of the week at the walk-off walk tonight. Florida State stays hot. Um, yeah, Arkansas took care of business against Memphis. Um, there's not too many games today. Um, Liberty, we talked about that. Yeah, so not too many I, I, games today. I know what I want to say real fast. Go ahead. The Dude, this blew my mind. But you know how we were talking to Devin Mezzarocco on the last podcast and I was yeah. mentioning something about Ron Washington Jr.? Oh, and yeah. How in the world is he – we got a DM today saying that he has zero relation to Ron Washington, like the Ron Washington coach of the, the uh, Texas Rangers for those World Series runs. Ron Washington Jr. plays baseball, should be about the age of like Ron Washington senior son. Well, I guess he's not a senior, but yeah, no relation whatsoever. That blew my mind. Still don't no, believe that's it. That's crazy. But that um, crazy. hey, Ben, we got we to gotta give a little teaser for those people. We have a big guest coming on tomorrow night. Um, a certain fan base will be very excited. Um, I'm sure they will be very happy to listen, and he will be a part of our pick'em. Some say um, he's the most notable college baseball player of this uh, this century since t- 2000. This decade. This decade. Um, and he is a current professional player. He is from the SEC. He um, follows just, us just, on Twitter just, now. <laughs> yes, most people most people will know who he is so um stay tuned for that um it's a big guest and other than that ben that's all i got for you today that's all i got slow midweek this week but we got a lot of series we want to talk about tomorrow we'll do our week and pick them and yeah seriously guys probably the most notable guest we've ever had on the show it's going to be a big one so you guys definitely look forward to that tomorrow send us your picks like send us who your projections are and i think someone will end up getting it it's a, it's a big name. So besides that, uh, we'll be back tomorrow night recording, and this will be uh, another episode. See you, dude.